This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Again, hour number two of the program, and here on Monday morning, coming up in the next hour, we'll be turning on the light with Jax Blaine of New Bedford Light. Right now, it's all about you. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Hello. You're on the air. I think I got you on there. No? No? Okay. Try calling in again, because I did everything correctly. Maybe they just didn't want to hang on, but that's all right because we can still take your phone calls all throughout the course of the program and all day long. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And I meant to say thank you to Not Bad and Oak Bluffs who sent an App Chat message saying that it was Taunton was the league that I was trying to think of uh, when it came to the umpires that didn't want to take part in officiating the games for the league after they'd had an altercation with some parents. And I wasn't sure if it was the Taunton or Middleborough. And I was like, don't say Middleborough. It's not, it's, I'm not sure it's Middleborough. So I'm glad that uh, not bad was listening and was uh, quick enough on the draw to send me that, but I just forgot to mention it after he sent it in. All right, let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. I hear you. Hello. I don't know. Must be something with your phone because I I heard myself there in the background on that call. I don't know. (sighs) Well, hopefully it is something on on their end and not a problem on our end. So we were talking in the last hour as well, too, about that uh, the family that went to the Red Sox game and the little boy that threw the foul ball back after another fan handed it to him. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out that that video, you can see it. It's all over social media. It's all over uh, the different news stories about it. You can see it on Twitter. But Channel 5 has it on the WCVB.com. They have the video there, too. You can see for yourself. Well, we might talk a little bit more about that just because it, it was a nice, fun story over the weekend, and it was nice to see the Red Sox you know, take care of a fan in a flub situation like that. All right, let's try and take this call again. Good morning. You were on WBSM. I heard your phone again. Oh, you hung up that time. All right, I see what's going on. Okay, I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt, figure it's just your phone, but uh, you're going to play games, then uh, we're not going to take your call anymore. I'm hoping that it's just a phone issue and that you wouldn't be so childish as to call and hang up. That's like the lamest thing in the world to do. That's like, that's not even a good prank. Well, I'm going to call the radio station and hang up. <laughs> okay, like as if I can't just talk for three hours straight and not have to take a phone call if you want to ruin it for everybody else. But yeah, I had mentioned that the Red Sox actually did something. And actually, I shouldn't just say the Red Sox. 
Because while the team did do something for the little boys that were involved in this situation, in which, and if you missed it, there was a, a man with his two young sons, and the youngest son was handed a foul ball that popped up into the, into the deck that another fan picked up and handed to him. And then immediately the little boy took it and threw it back to the field. And then his brother <laughs> threw a tantrum. He, like, stomped his foot and started crying. I don't know. I shouldn't say a tantrum. He was just upset. But he... He got upset about it, and then the little brother saw that his brother was upset, and then he got upset, and it ended up making it onto TV. And Kenley Jansen happened to see it because they have the, the Nesson feed going on in the, in the bullpen. So he was able to see what happened on the television cameras, and so he sent those boys up an autographed baseball and an autographed jersey, which was... A class move on his part. And then the team sent them a few things as well. So, and they got, they interviewed them on Nesson. Like, it, it really turned out to be a, a positive thing. And, you know, oh, and then also, like, some of the Nesson broadcasters sent them some stuff too. Like, Will Middlebrooks was, was analyzing the game. So, he sent over an autographed baseball too. So, these kids made out way better than if they just had a foul ball to bring home. And, you know, a foul ball is a nice souvenir for yourself personally. But it doesn't really mean anything to anybody. Like, when you show off and tell your friends, look, I, I got a foul ball at a Red Sox game. Like, oh, cool. But when you show off the fact that you have a Kenley Jansen autograph baseball and shirt, a Will Middlebrooks baseball, all this other stuff that the Red Sox gave them, and you have that moment forever etched in history. <laughs> when you have this video clip that will follow you around for the rest of your life, I'm sure the kids are a little bit embarrassed about it now, but they'll laugh about it in a few years. And then they have this wonderful moment. And on Father's Day with their dad, sitting in the stands at Fenway Park. So uh, you couldn't ask for a better story. Um, I, I know my brother and, and his kids and my sister-in-law, they were all there yesterday. I don't think that they had the chance to catch a foul ball, though. I would have heard about it if they did. We tried, though. When we went last year, we definitely tried because we were right behind home plate, a little bit behind the screen. So, like, we would have had the chance to try to track down some balls, but none none came our way. 508-996-0500. If you also missed the announcement that we made uh, earlier... On Friday, this Friday at 1 p.m., Abolition Row Park will officially open. They'll have the ribbon cutting and the unveiling of the Frederick Douglass statue. If you remember, we wrote the story a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. How long ago was it? Maybe a month or so ago, where the Frederick Douglass Way, Frederick Douglass, I believe that's the name of the road, Frederick Douglass Way over behind the Elm Street Garage had an incorrect sign for who knows how many years. And we were able to help push to get it replaced, and now it's replaced, and now it says now it says Frederick Douglass Way, the correct spelling. You would have thought they would have left the extra S off Douglas, but instead they misspelled Frederick. But now it's been replaced with the proper signage. And when that story came out, I was looking in to see, like, how far away is it until the statue is going to be unveiled and the park's going to open? And even then, they still hadn't been any kind of an announcement. So we only just found out in the past few days that everything will be happening on Friday. So looking forward to that. All right, let's try and take a phone call here. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. I, uh, all right. 
I'm going to have to just uh, call myself. And see, I heard it hang up there. That's why I think that there's somebody there. Going to hang that up. And we're going to try again. See what happens the next time someone calls. So if you have ever gone to a game and had an experience like that, give me a call, 508-996-0500. You know, it could be something as much, maybe you caught a foul ball, but maybe you had, you know, some sort of interaction. Maybe you got yourself on Nesson. Maybe you were eating a slice of pizza and dropped the pizza to catch a foul ball, which is one of the most iconic fan moments in Red Sox history. You know, the, 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 the Cubs have Steve Bartman. We have the guy who dropped the pizza. I don't know what, what matters more, getting to the World Series or having that slice of ballpark pizza, which I've never tried. And all the things that I've tried at the ballpark, I don't think I've ever had the pizza. It looked, uh, it looked pretty good, though, from that guy dropping it. So when we talk with Jack Spillane, too, about the history of Dias Field, I want some folks who, I'm sure there are folks listening who played on that field whether it was, you know, the Brick and Wood Little League or whether it was the Greater New Bedford Youth Baseball League or any of the other leagues that have been in the in-between, I want you to call up and, and share some of your memories and experiences with Jack and I later on because, again, it's something, all the years that I covered youth sports, I couldn't have told you the history of that field or the history of that league. I could tell you the history of Whaling City Youth Baseball not off the top of my head, but I've written articles about it. I've written articles about the history of the South End Youth Athletic Association. I've written articles about the history of some of the other suburban leagues. But I don't think I ever heard anything about the history of Dias Field or the Greater New Bedford Youth Baseball League. And I, I'm not surprised that it started off being a little league for the kids that lived right in those neighborhoods because... In the old days of Little League Baseball, it wasn't a centralized thing. You had neighborhood leagues. You had, you know, different parts of the city would have different leagues. And you had, in certain towns, you might have different leagues within the towns. If I remember correctly, I believe there was a time when Wareham had split leagues between the east and west side of town. Or maybe they just had split fields, but it was all under the same league banner. And then when they built the new fields, everybody kind of came together and played centrally. And I think that there was probably, you know, some of the, the, the leagues that are out there now who started off small like that and then started taking in other places too. So it wasn't just a matter of, you know, they started off with this idea of collecting these smaller leagues. They might have been one of those smaller leagues that just kind of grew out of it. But certainly anybody that played in the Brick and Wood League, I'd be interested in hearing about those days. I'd be interested in hearing about what it was. Because when they went to the three leagues in the city, you didn't have to go to your neighborhood league. Just because you lived in that area, you didn't have to play in the Greater New Bedford Youth Baseball League. But a lot of folks did because you could walk to the field or it was a shorter trip to the field 
But you could have played at the Whale. You could have played in the South End. I mean, there were kids that played in those leagues that lived in other parts of the city. There were kids that played in those leagues that didn't live in the city. So it kind of lost some of that neighborhood feel to it, but it certainly still, you know, mattered to the folks of, of, of that area. And I think that's why Jack is so adamant to, to make sure that we get an, an accurate history of what's going on there, but also so that the people know what's going to be planned for that park and what's going to happen going forward. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. stepping out. I'm going to be staying right here, but you can call in at 508-996-0500. We will be going into the newsroom in a few moments. Before that, though, I want to talk a little bit about this story. Uh, if you miss this, Adam mentioned it in the top of the hour news, but there was apparently a plane that lost contact with the New Bedford Regional Airport on Saturday. And unfortunately, when a plane loses contact, there are a few things that that could mean. And unfortunately, one of those means that the plane has gone down. It could also mean that the transponder is malfunctioning or that the pilot turned it off. Very rarely, why would a pilot turn the transponder off? Malfunctioning? Maybe. But I think a lot of people's minds immediately go to it crashing. And I guess when it lost contact around the area of Round Hill... That made folks who were listening thinking that it might have gone down. So they started contacting the Dartmouth Police Department to go and look into it. And Dartmouth Police posted on Saturday afternoon on Facebook that thankfully there was no crash, that the plane was able to land safely in Plymouth, but that, you know, because of the weather, you know, we had those, those storms that rolled in on Saturday. I mean, it wasn't really great weather all day. But because there, there was turbulent weather, the plane had actually dropped down below the weather in order to fly safely, but it had dropped down so low that it caused the airport to lose contact with the transponder because they're looking, they have to, they're looking at a certain level. Somebody explained this to me over the weekend because I asked somebody who flies why this would be, why if you dropped lower you would lose the signal. You would think that you're closer to the ground, closer to the airport tower. It would be easier to pick up the signal. And as he explained to me, he said, they actually scan above a certain place because there's a lot of other interference down below with the signal. So they're looking for signals at a certain altitude because that's where you're supposed to be. But this pilot decided for safety's sake to drop below the turbulent weather 
and as such, the tower lost contact with the plane, but the plane was fine. It landed in, in Plymouth, and everything was fine. But it also good looking out from all the folks that you know heard what was going on and thought that there was a situation that needed to be attended to. I actually went and covered, there was a, a plane crash in one of the cemeteries in New Bedford a few years ago. And and I went out there and covered that. And that was, that did not have a happy ending. So I'm glad that there were folks that were alert enough to alert the police. And I'm glad that everything worked out okay. And you can read a little bit more about that at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Uh, we'll also talk about well, I'm just going to mention it. We don't need to talk about it yet. We'll, we'll talk about it as we get closer to the day. But there is a story at WBSM.com. If you go and you look up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see it. It is the 4th of July celebration guide. Fun 107's Maddie Levine put together a list of all of the fireworks that are happening around the area around the 4th of July. So if you want to get go out there and take place... Uh, take part in those fireworks. You can see that list. And if you know of any that aren't on that list, let us know and we'll add them in. All right, let's get ready now for the news with Adam Bass. Let's go into the WBSM newsroom. An investigation continues following a deadly mass shooting during a Juneteenth event outside of Chicago. Authorities say one person was killed and at least 22 more were wounded. Gunfire erupted early yesterday during a gathering at a strip mall parking lot near suburban Willowbrook. The FBI and multiple state agencies are investigating after dozens of letters containing a suspicious white powder were sent to Kansas state officials late last week. More than 90 such letters have been reported across the state in recent days. ABC News reports that the substance tested so far aren't considered explosive nor a biohazard. Authorities say they are working to safely collect the letters and investigate the incidents. No injuries have been reported. Three men are facing federal charges for allegedly vandalizing homes connected to two New Hampshire journalists. Michael Kastner has the story. The suspects are accused of using bricks and large rocks to damage the homes and also spray painting threatening language in five different incidents last year. They're charged with conspiring to commit stalking through interstate travel, which holds a sentence of up to five years in prison. One of the three men remains at large. It came after one of the journalists published an article in March of last year with allegations of sexual and other misconduct by a former business person in the state, although that businessman has not been charged. Investigators believe the suspects conspired to retaliate for the article with one person who is described as a personal associate of the business person. I'm Michael Kastner. Former U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr says former President Trump engages in reckless conduct that puts his followers and the GOP agenda at risk. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Barr called Trump a consummate narcissist who always puts his own interests and ego ahead of everything, including the nation's interests. More severe weather is hitting parts of the U.S. to begin this week. Storms that devastated the areas in Texas and Oklahoma late last week moved into the lower Mississippi Valley and central Gulf Coast states on Sunday. They left hundreds of thousands of customers without power in the south. More than 200,000 people in Oklahoma were in the dark after the severe weather left tornado-level damage. Isolated tornadoes, hail, and damaging winds were expected overnight in states like Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. Meantime, excessive heat warnings are in place today in Louisiana and Texas, where it could feel as hot as 120 degrees in some areas. Three Des Moines police officers are seriously hurt after responding to a domestic dispute. Keegan Turbo has por- reports. 
The Des Moines Police Department says one officer was stabbed in the thigh, one was bitten, and another was kicked in the face during an arrest Sunday. Police say a woman called saying her ex-boyfriend was refusing to leave her home in the 7300 block of Southwest 15th Street. Three officers respond to the call and were hurt while arresting the man, 32-year-old Pierce Nicholas Cruz. I'm Keegan Turnbow. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley's husband is deploying to Eastern Africa with the South Carolina Army National Guard. Haley, the former South Carolina governor and ambassador to the United Nations on Saturday, called it a difficult yet moment of pride. Michael Haley will remain will likely remain deployed through the spring of 2024, which will coincide with the GOP primary calendar for the next election. And the chair of a Senate subcommittee says he wants more details about the recent merger between the PGA and a Saudi-backed golf tour. Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut said on Face the Nation that the permanent subcommittee on investigations is looking for answers regarding who was behind the deal and if any wrongdoing was involved. Blumenthal said the investors are, tr- are from a country that has a repressive and autocratic government that's trying to take over the American institution of golf for PR purposes. In sports, the Red Sox finished their series against the against the Yankees last night with a 4-1 to win. They are now set to face the Minnesota Twins tonight at Target Field, first pitch at 7.10 p.m. And now, here is your ABC6 weather forecast. We still have an unsettled weather pattern in the area for today and tomorrow. Expect temperatures to only warm up to those upper 60s just because we have a light northwest wind that will keep us just slightly cooler with those partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, we get down to 57 degrees and our rain chances do start to increase slightly. For tomorrow, we will be reaching those upper 60s. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. It is currently 60 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. You can also send those open line voicemails as well. And also make sure you get on over to SeizeTheDeal.com because we have a number of great deals on sale for you right now, including you can still get a few. There's still some left. You can get gift certificates of the Lobster Pot in Bristol, Rhode Island. I wrote about the lobster grilled cheese last week. We talked about it on the program. You can see the photos of it at WBSM.com and on the app. But you can get $50 for the lobster pot in Bristol, Rhode Island for $25. We also have $50 to Bacovino and Contorni. I think I said that right. I think I gave it the right inflection. Uh, you can get that $25 for $50. Bucks. You know, you get 50 bucks there for $25, I should have said. And, uh, and of course, we've got some other great ones. The I was saying the Piri Piri Kitchen, but I think Michael Rock told me it's the Piri Piri Kitchen. You can check that out as well. Uh, and to that restaurant, you can get 
$50 for 25 bucks. So, so many great deals that'll save you money as you're heading out and wanting to try some different places and wanting to go out and have a nice meal here as we get into this. Well, we're going to be in summer by the middle of this week, right? The 21st? Is that the first day of summer? My son's birthday? I think that's the first day. So we are right about there. We are on the cusp of summer. So if you want to get out and have yourself some nice meals at half price, SeizeTheDeal.com is the place to go. Check it out each and every day. You never know what our next deals are going to be. I'm going to tell you what it is, though. Our next deal is going to be $50 to Rose Alley Ale House for $25. So that's coming up this week. You're going to want to check that out at SeizeTheDeal.com and get yourself on board with some great savings and some great food. 508-996-0500. Speaking of, uh, of traveling, if you're going to be doing some traveling, and speaking of Wednesday, I just want to alert you that on this coming Wednesday, see, if you are aware of the work they've been doing on the Braga Bridge, everybody's looking at that and saying, well, they put in all these LED lights, right? Like, was that really necessary to go and put in all those lights? Well, it was all part of a bigger project. That was just something that as they were doing this project, some of the Fall River delegation and, and some, of the, uh, some of the officials, elected officials in Fall River said, it would be nice if you did this. You know, Carol Fiola was one of the folks that was pushing for this. They said, if you're going to be redoing all of this electrical work on the bridge, we should be able to get some of those nice LED lights like you see on other bridges. So there's a bigger project at hand rather than just adding in those LED lights. They are replacing all the electrical wiring for the Braga Bridge. And as part of that, they need to do some more work coming up, what they're calling phase two of this work, which I guess will also include some, some additions to the LED lights, but you know more intensive work on the electrical uh, wiring of the bridge overall. So as part of that, planned work, they're going to be doing some surveying this coming Wednesday. So on Wednesday, they will be closing the right travel lane on the bridge on 195 eastbound. So coming from Somerset to Fall River, they will have the right travel lane closed on Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So that's why it's important for you to know. A lot of these closures, lane closures, bridge work, things like that happen at night. And it's not that big of a deal. We'll usually put an article up for you, to, for you to read. But for the most part, it doesn't affect a majority of drivers because it's happening overnight. But in this particular case, it's going to be happening right smack dab in the middle of the day, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Now, granted, it's only one lane closing down, but one lane closing down will affect bridge traffic. It will you know, require drivers to slow down around the places where they're doing the surveying. So... You just be advised that uh, the travel will be a little bit slowed down on Wednesday, eastbound, and probably westbound too because, as you know, people always slow down and look and see what's going on. So just be aware of that so that you know if you plan on traveling over the Braga Bridge Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. going eastbound. It's funny too because when I went to Bristol and I had to go over the Mount Hope Bridge, which I don't know why. Like, if you look at those Rhode Island bridges, you've got these beautifully designed bridges. And I'm not saying that the Braga Bridge is unattractive, but I would call it utilitarian. 
it it just it looks like this is this is like when you say, "Can we get a bridge?" That's just what they deliver you if you don't uh, select some of the options. But if you look at some of those bridges in Rhode Island and you say, man, well, imagine if that was going over the Taunton River. Now, I don't know that they necessarily could because of the angle of the bridge. But going over that Mount Hope Bridge and thinking to myself, why can't we get bridges that kind of look like this? And that's why I'm excited for that footbridge they're going to be building over Route 18 because I've seen the design for it and it looks like it's going to be a real work of art in addition to being functional. And if that's the case, I'm hoping that that's also going to be something that's kept in mind for the new New Bedford Fairhaven Bridge. They're going to be requesting design uh, options for that. And I'm really excited to see... I don't know if we'll get to see what some of the options are, but we'll certainly get to see what the final design is. And I'm hoping that they they take into account some of that. So it's not just utilitarian. Again, nothing against the Braga Bridge, but I would never want like a painting of that hanging on my wall. Although now with the lights, it, it looks a lot different. And also I've seen some beautiful photos of it in the background, but I don't know. I, I just don't know that unless I'm from Fall River that I would want to have that hanging on my wall. But some of these other bridges, you look at them and you say, wow, that's a, that's a work of art unto itself. So we'll see what happens with those future bridges. 508-996-0500. Let's take a call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, right, Tim. How you doing? Good. Uh, I see your phone lines are working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, switch gears a little bit here with um, Fetterman over over in Pennsylvania meeting with uh, President Biden over in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, that I ninety five bridge collapse. If you were a, if you were a United States senator, okay, and you were meeting with the president over a, a catastrophe as a, a, an overpass collapsing in your state a major overpass on a major interstate, uh, would you meet with the president in, 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 in shorts and a sweatshirt? Or would you, or would you meet him, you know, in, in presentable, you know, fashion? I don't know. I don't know why that's become his, his, like, that's pretty much what he wears all the time. I don't know if that has to do with that's what he's able to kind of dress himself in. Cause as you know, you know, he had a stroke, so he's physically yeah. debilitated. But I, I mean, know, but he he campaigned on that whole I, I, idea of like you know he's you know for the working man and everything else. But it's like you know have some class. You're meeting with the president I, of the United States and all of his delegates. It's like you know, and he's coming here to give you you know to show support to your to your state. Just a little casual, a little bit more casual than a, a business casual. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a shirt, uh, shorts, and a sweatshirt. I mean, you, you know, you're meeting. The president of the United States in your home in your home state represent your state. Don't don't look like a bum coming out on national TV. I mean, it's it's like is this guy is this guy serious or is he is he just playing a? <laughs> are we just are we just part of a big joke here? You know what I mean? I mean, playing I, into a you know I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he does it to be disrespectful. I mean, I kind of take it as like you know, come on, you know, put 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 something else on. You have. You know, a whole wardrobe full of clothes. I mean, but you know, and you're a United States senator. It's like, put put some clothes on. You know, put some you know some slacks on and and, and a and a, a dress down T-shirt or something. You know, but uh, 
you're going to tell me a, a hooded sweatshirt guy, and the, and I mean we we could both agree, Tim. I know he had a stroke and everything else, but if your if your if your health is, uh, you know, getting in the way of you performing your job duties as a, as a United States senator, I mean you can you can resign due to health reasons. But but how do you think that his health is keeping him from doing the job just because he wore shorts and a sweatshirt instead of a suit? No. No, if you listen to him, fuck, Phil. Oh, Phil, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a wrong, the wrong... Be- because he had a, because he had a stroke. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that the thoughts aren't correct. He's just having trouble finding the right words to express them. Right, but in, until, he re- until he gains full recovery from his stroke, he should, he should you know, respectfully decline from that. Oh, Why? The people voted for that. him after he had the stroke. I, the people knew I what they were voting for, and they voted for him. They still I, chose him. I know they did, but he, in the time of his campaign, he couldn't even complete a sentence to begin with campaigning, let alone after his after the the, the quote unquote. And the voters still had. chose him. So what does that tell you about the other guy? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Tim. Honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, just, I just can't. I, he made a fool of himself on national on national TV. I don't know about that. Fool of himself. He. He couldn't. He he brought up. It was uh, um, I don't know if it was the. Uh, I don't even know who the guy was. I think his name was Brendan Boyle or something. Um, the ring a bell. That sounds familiar. Uh, Boyle sounds familiar. I don't know if it was. Boyle, I, I know. Name. I know. I know it was Boyle, but I I know. I don't know who. I don't know who he was to, to Pennsylvania. I don't know if he was like an infrastructure guy or something. Maybe like a. I don't know. But anyways. He introduced him as, his name was Brendan Boyle. Yeah, Brendan Boyle, state, introduced- state representative. Or, yeah, you, state I'm sorry, the U.S. Okay. representative. Okay. And he ended up uh, and he ended up introducing him as Bile Boyle. And then he stood next to the president and he says, you know, I'm standing next to the, uh, 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 the, uh, the president, uh, uh, Biden. I'm like, I'm like, is this guy, like, for real? I mean, I swear we're living in, like, a... Uh, a different universe, yeah. So you want to just you want to slam a guy who had a, a stroke for the way that he speaks? I'm not slamming. You him. are slamming him. Uh, no, no, I'm not slamming him, Tim. I'm telling you that if for the any people of Pennsylvania said we would rather have somebody who had a stroke than Doctor Oz, what does that tell you? Listen, it if, means that they if, believe if, that they think he can do the job. If there's yeah, but he can't. He can't physically do the job. That's your his opinion. Health, his health is not is not allowing him. To fully do the job of a United States senator, I don't, you I don't, I don't see the people calling clearly. for a recall. No, but you have to be able to speak clearly to the to the public of Pennsylvania in order to to, to get your your thoughts and opinions across the aisle. The people of Pennsylvania do don't a, have an issue with it. Why do you? No, 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 no. That's 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 false. It, uh, I mean, uh, where's the recall I, election I've, then? Where, where's the massive campaign to get him to step down? I don't know, but I mean, if 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 I was in if I was in Pennsylvania, if I was residing in Pennsylvania, I'd be embarrassed to have him as a United States senator. Embarrassed. Well, Just by the way, his they chose it. was this weekend. Oh yeah, of course they chose it. I mean, the voters speak. You know, the voters the voters are the ones who elect these people into office. But it's it's like I, I would literally be embarrassed. Yeah, he may he may he, maybe he was you know good at first. Maybe he was a, a good choice for the. For the people of Pennsylvania, I personally disagree, but you know they wanted somebody different—a guy that wears shorts and you know shorts and a hoodie uh, to, to campaign on the working people. You know when the guy hasn't worked a day in his life. 
You know, it's like, okay, well, you're gonna campaign on 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 for the you're for the working construction workers and truck drivers and this and that when the guy's been living in his mother's basement, okay, for the for the majority of his life. You know, it's like, all right, buddy. You know, but hey, I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, you, like I said, Donald Trump never worked a day in his life either. Oh, Donald Trump owned. How do you? How can you say that about Donald? Come on. He never worked. He never, he never got down and dirty and actually had to do any real work. He owned. He owns business. You're gonna. He inherited. He inherited money and then bought a bunch of businesses yeah, that many gonna, of them went bankrupt gonna, and went went belly up. Yeah, but you're gonna tell me you're really gonna be able to sit there. And, and you're gonna. You're, and you're gonna tell me a guy that who you know lived in his mother's basement can't do the job either. No, but I'm not. That's not what I'm saying, Tim. I'm saying you can't campaign just, on. Just say you don't like the guy because he's a Democrat, so he can move on. No. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's exactly what you're saying. That you're 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 const- you're construing it that way. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that okay, you can't comp- campaign on on something that you have physically never done in your life. What are you talking never, about? He, he hasn't worked. What are you talking? How many ele- how many elected right. officials have gone out and worked a day in their life? Uh, you had a businessman that was just president of the United States. How That's many people working. have gone there, and you know, you see them doing the little press, the little, uh, the little uh, press opportunity where they they got their hands on the shovel and they look like they're doing oh, something, but they've never done it. Could, it that's that's talk, politics. We could talk about we could talk about President Biden if you want. We could shift gears here and talk about Biden, a career politician who's been in the who's been in office for forty, actually three quarters of his life. Right. And what has he done for this country? <sighs> in in office. You know, as as a senator. So you want to say that for all these years, all these years he kept getting reelected by the people of Delaware, elected twice as vice president, and elected as president. People feel like, oh, this guy hasn't done anything for America. I mean, career politician. That's that's a that's a term for a reason, isn't it? It's a term that was perfectly fine until the guy that wasn't a career politician insisted that he wanted to play president for four years. No, he didn't play president, Tim. Career politician president. is not a bad thing. I, I think I think you can agree that he was president. He wasn't playing president. I think the person that we have in office right now is playing president. All right, I'm going to hang up with you now because I got to take a break, and this All isn't right. going anywhere. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll reach out to the John Fetterman office and tell them that, uh, you know, WBSM callers want you to dress a little better next time you show up to an appearance, <laughs> and we'll see how he feels about that. All right. I'm going to send him a WBSM sweatshirt, though. You know that, right? (laughs) Well, I'm surprised I haven't gotten sent one either. (laughs) I'll tell you you what. Next time we get some gear in, I'll save one for you. Yeah, there you go. Take it easy. I'll talk to you later. All right. 508-996-0500. But I do got to take a break. We'll be right back. And in just a few moments, we'll be going into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side, we'll be turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Uh, We did get a couple app chat messages. And by the way, you know, John calls in and gets us going. He does that on purpose. He's trying to get you guys riled up. And it looks like uh, he's gotten a couple app chatters riled up. DSY in New Bedford says, Tim, I keep telling you, you can't change Trump lovers' minds. Don't bother trying. Alan Somerset says, sorry, John, but sometimes you call on the silliest things. Send that senator a gift card to Kohl's if you don't like his clothes. Have a great day. 
<laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will turn on the light with Jack Spillane. We will talk about certainly the history of Dyer's Field and what I found to be a fascinating history of that site and the leagues that have played there. We'll also talk about what the future of it is as well. And we'll take your phone calls at 508-996-0500. As I mentioned before, if you are someone who played in one of those leagues, uh, I'd like we'd like to hear from you. Just tell us about some of your experiences and plus uh, 